Hi, babe. Welcome to the Horror Babe Show. I'm your host, Chelsea Beller, and we're talking about the fall of the House of Usher today. So, where we left off last time, we were talking about the deaths. Fun topic. Each of the deaths, in my opinion, somehow correlates to a sin of the seven deadly sins. We just spoke about Victorine, and I feel that her sin was sloth because she didn't really do anything for her money. She got it from her dad, which they all did, but also she didn't necessarily partake in what her and her partner were doing, which was creating this like amazing heart implant thingy. That's its scientific name. And, you know, she wasn't really the brains behind it. I feel like maybe she was just an investor. Like, I don't know. Anyway, that's my rationale. Moving on to Tamerlane. Oh boy, this lady holy shit, she had it coming. She was the worst, maybe not the worst of all of them, because they were all really awful, just awful people. But she was really awful. She told her husband to his face that she basically just married him because he was a brand. How fucked up is that? Oh my god, if Mike ever said that to me, or if I ever said that to him, I would hope death herself would come and kill the both of us. <laughs> she, in my opinion, represented envy. And I think that's actually pretty well distinguishable because she wears a lot of green, which we all know is like the color of envy. Um, actually, the dress she died in was just this vibrant emerald green, which worked really well with her hair. She somehow developed jealous feelings toward a woman who didn't really exist but that's debatable we'll talk more about her later and thought that her husband was having some kind of affair it's like this whole thing and then her death she's fucking killed by a mirror i mean how much more this is envy <laughs> this is symbolic of envy can you get? I think she has like a fireplace poker. She's running around her penthouse apartment, which sounds oddly familiar. Leo smashing mirrors because she keeps seeing this woman in her same dress, wearing her same hair and everything, throwing this fireplace poker at. And also her house is covered in mirrors? How did I not notice this before? <laughs> Just suddenly there's mirrors like lining the hallway. How much more insecure can you get? And then she ends up on her own bed. She looks up. Of course there's a mirror up there. Why wouldn't there be? And she throws the fireplace poker and the glass just comes crashing down into her. Dead. She had a good death though in terms of like she did that little like shake. Thing. I thought that was cool. It was a nice little detail. Um, she's a phenomenal actress, by the way. If you haven't seen her in the other Flanagan TV shows, TV shows, she's phenomenal. She's like a completely different person every time. I don't know how she does that. She's like a freaking chameleon. 
she's amazing. Oh, I forgot her name. I should shout her out because she's so great. Tamara Lane, played by Samantha Slowian. 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 Samantha. Sam. Sam, as I call her. Tamara Lane. Also, Tamara Lane is a reference to an Edgar Allan Poe poem. Yeah, <laughs> that's like a big part of this whole thing is the fall of the house of usher is an edgar Allan poe story and so many references to edgar Allan poe are included in this show like flanagan must have read them all or he's like a huge fan or something but this show is basically edgar Allan poe stories come to life in modern times brilliant absolutely brilliant moving on to the next death Frederick and his siblings refer to him as Froderick because he's daddy's boy. He's the first boy. He's very much trying to be like Roderick, but he's not. And he's just a piece of shit. Just an absolute scum on your boot piece of shit. That is displayed by his lovely act of love toward his wife. She went to the first death, Prospero's orgy party in the worn down building owned by Fortunato. And acid rain comes down. I should explain that. If, if, you, if you don't know, the acid rain was because this building used to be like some kind of factory, I think, for Fortunato. And the pipes ran some kind of concoction through them at one time but the concoction was very acidic and I think it just got more acidic over time or you know it was just left there over time and so basically it was acid rain when someone um, hit the sprinklers and I think he hit the sprinklers for a purpose he like wanted the sprinklers to go off for some reason I think he just wanted everyone to be wet I mean, what makes a better orgy than everyone being completely doused in water? You know, Frederick's wife went to this orgy party. I, I don't think she assumed it was an orgy party. I think she just wanted to, you know, get out, have some fun. I don't think there was anything malicious there. I don't think there was any ill intent. I think she just wanted to experience freedom for a night, which, you know, she should. And, and then she was doused in acid rain. Frederick found out that she went to this club. He found this phone on her and it wasn't hers. And they never did figure out the passcode, which was 6969. 69? Was it three times or it doesn't matter. It was 6969. Because Prospero is like 23 or 24 or something. And you know, He's all about orgies. This is his character. And so Frederick believes that his wife went out to have a sex party without him. Lots of envy going on there. And, you know, instead of trying to talk to her about this and, and actually get answers from her, he just gives her this paralyzing medicine and pulls out her teeth. Lovely lovely i didn't expect that at all that was a little out of left field for me but then they like explained that he would have been a doctor if if things had gone differently so or uh, a dentist rather yeah so 
that was kind of explained, but it was a little weird. I mean, it definitely got the gross factor. So there's that. Right. So Frederick is kind of at a loss. You know, he he's not really sure what to make of all of this. He decides, hey, you know what? I need some drugs, which anyone in his position, his siblings are all dying around him. His wife went to have some crazy orgy affair and he doesn't know what to make of his life. So he turns to drugs, white drugs. And when he's making this concoction to paralyze his wife, he accidentally mixes some of it in with his cocaine. Interestingly enough, this later affects him when he goes to the worn down acid rain building. There's construction people there to demolish it. So Frederick decides to step up to the plate, uh, daddy's plate, and Daddy Roderick wants him to demolish that worn down building that, you know, where the acid rain killed a bunch of people. Probably a good idea. And he goes to do it. He decides he's going to be a complete scumbag about the whole thing. He walks inside, drops his pants, pees on the floor where his wife almost died. Oh yeah, decides to do some drugs. And while he's doing that, He's accidentally dosing himself with paralyzing drugs. And then he's killed by the building. The building just collapses around him. It's a fantastic scene. Love this scene. Just, you know, all these things coming at him and he's just stuck there frozen. I mean, if you want to feel complete terror and paralyzing fear, that's, that's the scene for you. Oh God, it's so good. It's so good. And it's just really satisfying because he's such an asshole. God, I hate him. Anyway, so that really symbolized envy and wrath to me. Um, also pride. So you see, like, the sins are there, but it, it's not it's not singular to one person. It's not your pride, your glutton, your wrath. You know, they all kind of mesh together a bit. This is just me. It's just my thoughts. I'm just, you know, I'm a scholar. Okay, so we have three more deaths, but we're going to come back to this because we need to do a little bit of talking about something else. There is a woman throughout this series. We don't quite know who she is. It's fascinating. When I first saw her, I was like, oh, she's some kind of foreboding a spirit she she's an evil spirit of some kind maybe you know she's the angel of death maybe she brings death to people she literally kissed prospero when he died so that made me think oh the kiss of death maybe she's death maybe she's the angel of death maybe she's the devil and then later it's explained that Roderick and Madeline went to this lady's pub right after they killed Mr. CEO Jester Guy. And they talk to her and she basically tells them, you can have everything you've ever wanted. You can have all the money you've ever wanted. You won't get caught for this if we make a deal. And her deal is they will die and their entire bloodline will die with them or no deal and they very possibly get caught for what they did what 
would you do? I think I either just, you know, would probably decide not to have children, which I'm not going to anyway. So that wouldn't be a big deal for me. Or I would do no deal. But pretty much anybody who offers me a deal, like out of nowhere without knowing me, I'm not going to make a deal with you, man. I don't know you. I don't know your motives. So this deal makes me think that she's the devil because of the whole deal with the devil thing phrase. She might be a weird mixture of both. Maybe she's the devil. Maybe she's death. I think she's leaning towards death. So the fact that they did make this deal back in the 80s, it was, I think it was 1980 because it was New Year's. Happy New Year. It was 1980 when this happened. They had this spur of the moment meeting and they decided to do this deal. They don't really think about it. Like Roderick even says, we didn't really give it any thought after the fact. And then he goes and has like six kids. And then Frederick, one of his kids, has a daughter, Lenore. And as Death herself says, bloodline means bloodline. So that means Lenore has to go too. And that was so sad. I almost cried. It was, it was so devastating because she was the epitome of goodness. She was goodness and innocence. She wanted what was best for everyone. And she really loved her grandpa Roderick. She wanted him to be healthy and well and not focus on Fortunato and not focus on the money. And, you know, she just, she didn't care at all about the money where all of her, her parents and her aunts and uncles were all about the money, but she had to die. I think that's awful. But if she didn't die, then we would just be thinking, well, then a bunch of like evil people died. Big deal. But it is a big deal because amidst all of the horrible people, this like symbolism of all that is good also dies. So I got a little fuzzy with how she died because it looked like she just kind of like passed out and died. But then we see this whole scene play out where Roderick, again, running around with a fireplace poker. What is with this? Is this some reference to Edgar Allan Poe that I'm not aware of? Please tell me. He's running around with a fireplace poker and trying to kill this raven. And that is death just as a raven. And, and then we see Lenore dead on the floor and it looks like she's had a blow to the head. So I think he kind of went mad and accidentally killed her, which is unfortunate. Then we get to Roderick and Madeline. It's down to the last two, down to the pair that put everyone in despair. I didn't mean to, I swear, I'm not trying to rhyme. I, I maybe tried a little bit there, but it was, it was right there. You know, and the way they die is interesting. Um, it's not as, in my opinion, as horrific or terrible or gory as the other ones, um, but it's interesting. He he tried to kill her with some kind of poison, and then, or oh, I think it was the paralyzing drug that Frederick had, but maybe not, and. He used it on Madeline. And another another theme of this show is the way Egyptians bring artifacts with them to the afterlife. Like their 
death ritual, essentially. Very interesting. Don't know how it all ties in, but I liked it. I, I, I just, I liked that this was all about death and it wasn't, it was like multicultural, <laughs> I guess. So they added a little bit of Egypt in there. Roderick had these artifacts, these like blue gems that then he replaced Madeline's eyes with. That was creepy. Um, I don't know what else he did with her, but she had like blood coming like out of her mouth. Maybe that was from her eyes. Maybe that was just because she was dying. He may have given her the poison that she gave to him to try and kill him because she also tried to kill him to hopefully get out of dying herself or something. Um, I don't know what her point was there. She was just killing her brother, really. But that just shows how evil she is. She really felt like the master of this whole demise. Like, it felt like her idea to kill the CEO guy, and she just, she always seemed to have ill intent. She also never had any children. So I wonder if maybe she did believe death, you know? Like, maybe deep in her heart, she was like, just in case, I'm not gonna have any children, but I don't know. Anyway. Moving on. So Roderick kind of Frankensteins her, which is interesting because earlier he tells his wife, um, his new wife, Juno, that he's Victor Frankenstein and she is the monster. She calls him a monster and that's his retort. He's like, no, darling, I'm not the monster. You are. And he sounds so proud when he says it. It's disturbing. So this was like another like Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein moment. I liked that they kind of threw that in there. And like mirror moments, book ending, if you will. Um, it's just very satisfying to me. We're in the home, the rundown, creepy home that's all dark and depressing. And Roderick has been telling August, the attorney, this entire story. And August is finally like, what is that noise downstairs? And Roderick says, I think it's Madeline, but you know, I'm not really sure. And then Madeline appears and she was completely like the opposite from, from the way she appeared throughout the entire series. She was completely put together and perfect and beautiful. And this, her hair was a mess and her face, she had the blue gem stones things and she had blood and she was in this like weird little nightgown thing and she goes over and she strangles Roderick and the house just crumbles around them and August runs out and then it just collapses into a into a heap and then the raven appears just hanging out and flies away so Roderick Roderick's sin was like all of them <laughs> um he was greedy he seemed to have some anger, but I don't, I wouldn't say wrath, definitely envy because he was envious in his youth of the people who had money versus him who was dirt poor. I want to say pride was a big one for Madeline. It was definitely pride. She was all about pride and wrath. I mean, at the end when she was strangling the heck out of Roderick, definitely wrath. And that's kind of where I feel like the seven deadly sins come in. I just, I believe that there were a bunch of themes at play. Seven deadly sins, um, Edgar Allan Poe, of course, death, money, pain, because they talk about Roderick says something about he wanted his children to have a life without pain, but then their deaths were all 
super painful. But also bloodline. And that's where I feel like the topic of generational trauma kind of comes up, you know, like they passed along this curse, essentially, through the generations that is kind of generational trauma. It's kind of this curse, you know, that carries on with you. And it's just kind of, it's just in your blood, it's in you. And you can't really escape it unless you meet it head on. And none of them like met their issues. None of them talked about their problems. They just endured and threw money at it, which is not the solution. It's never the solution. You don't throw money at your problems. It is nice to have financial security, of course. I mean, we all want that. I want that. Money is the bane of all of our existences. And it's something that we all want and need for various reasons. But it can get to a point of greed, and that'll just eat you alive. Another thing about death, her character's name, according to IMDb, was Verna. I didn't hear anyone say, I don't know if maybe you caught it, um, but that's actually an anagram for Raven. And she was a raven, and the last episode is called The Raven. Edgar Allan Poe, man, he really loved ravens. So that's The Fall of the House of Usher. A great miniseries. I believe it's like eight episodes or something, each being about an hour. And you definitely get those good jump scares. You get a great story. You get incredible characters, an incredible cast. Like, it's just very enjoyable if you're a horror show horror TV show watcher. I mean, like I said, some of these scenes will just replay in my head because I'm just going, what the hell? <laughs> How did anybody think of this? And those are like some of my favorite moments in horror, the horror genre, like when they just stick with you and you have these images implanted in your brain and you can't think of one good reason why they're there except they left a mark on you and that's the mark of good horror anyway this was fun it was so fun to watch the show it's fun to talk about hit me up in the comments to let me know what you thought about the fall of the house of usher thanks again for watching don't forget to like comment follow and subscribe bye babe